2: In the fitness and health space, I've always been moved and encouraged by those considered fringe or even a bit crazy. The willingness to be heavily critiqued and soldier on in spite of that critique is always inspiring for me. I gravitate to people like this, and you are probably aware of this fact because many of them have appeared on this show. Brandon Lilly, Greg Walsh, Josh Goldstein, and Corey Bell, to name a few. Today, my guest is one of those men and one that I have followed for more than a decade, Corey Gregory. Corey has been a fitness entrepreneur for more than 20 years, creating several incredibly successful businesses and learning directly from titans in the industry like Arnold and Louis Simmons. But more than that, Corey just loves training. And in that passion, he has pushed himself to experimenting and trying things that many people raise their eyebrows at. In this conversation, Corey and I touch on a lot of different corners, including Corey's time in the coal mines and how that helped him develop such a successful mindset, learning from Arnold and Louis and some of the lessons he gleaned from the two of them, experimenting on himself with things like 800 meters of lunges and squatting every day, and not being afraid to fail at anything. Enjoy this episode of the Nomad Strength Show with Corey Gregory.
1: everybody. Welcome to the Nomad Strength Show. Ross Hill, you're here. I'm joined today by guest Corey Gregory. And uh, we've done this like twice now already where I've done this intro and uh, we've had some technical issues, but now we're rolling with it, man. Um, I've been following you for a long time. I was saying before, you know, 12 or 13 years now back from the old Twitter days on the daily workouts on muscle farming stuff. And uh, it was just really cool for me to like, that was probably around that time where I honestly, looking back on it really did like, fall in love with training myself. And uh, you were talking about it was kind of like around that same age for you, where you were seeing the results in yourself and then also seeing like your friends build confidence around that side with training and lifting and stuff. So it's just like it kind of hit at all the right times for like a, a pretty formative part of my life that ultimately ended up like, dude, this is what I do now too. So you know, it kind of <laughs> came at the right time. But thank you, man, for joining me. I'm excited to, to dive into some stuff with you today.
0: Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Like, it's, it's, here's what's wild, Ross, is that this is starting to happen more and more in my life than I ever even anticipated. That mm. whenever I was doing that amount of content at that level, the amount of people I was hitting and where they're at now, yeah, because, the, you know, strength coaches at multiple colleges and like different positions, and like, you know, one of the guys that, uh, trains with us now, Preston. He was at the PGA. Built their whole social media thing. Had reached back out. Like, yeah, what's happening is now I was helping uh, with my beliefs and my type of stuff. Like shape some people a little bit and I didn't even realize it. And now Mm -hmm. they're getting older. They're coming back to me like, Hey, (laughs) let me get you on the show. Hey, gee, you want to come to this college? Like, it's interesting that I've been doing it long enough that uh, that's kind of happening. So it uh, makes me feel old, but also (laughs) that whatever I was doing was actually working. So it's cool.
1: Yeah. Well, I was kind of thinking about it too, because you're, you're for, for the large part, like your main demographic has always kind of been like those high school college age guys, you know? And so like when you started that, you know, like I said, 10, 12 years ago, that's exactly where I was at the time. And now I'm almost 31. And so it's like, you have this whole generation essentially of lifters and stuff that it kind of just came right in to where you were at that time too. So it's kind of fun to see how all of that like transitions with you and how you've grown through all that too. Um, we were kind of getting into before we had some technical issues before, like you have a really cool story with coming from some, some really deep, like blue collar stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, job wise doing like coal mines and, and stacking lumber and all these kind of things. And I really love that story, but I, you know, for a lot of the listeners that haven't followed you for as long as I have, um, maybe get into a little bit of that and how that kind of shaped your journey to pursue something that's not remotely related to that blue collar thing, but at the same time, it develops the same, like a mindset that, that will carry you through whatever you decide to do
0: well as i reflect back on that time of my life there's a lot of things that were happening one i had found what i wanted to do but didn't know if it was possible no one i had ever met my entire life did fitness as their job the guy that owned the local gym he worked at the mill you know all the guys in the mine and the lumber mill they lifted weights but it was after work um including you know and i'm a fourth generation coal miner so my great grandfather and my great uncle actually died in the coal mine explosion in the 30s my grandfather did it for a short period of time but then went to construction my dad did it for 16 years my stepdad's done it for 40 years like my uncle did like Mm -hmm. Everybody did coal mining mostly. And if they didn't do that, then they went to some type of construction job. And so it's one of those things where it was in my blood. So it sounds crazy because it's not as common. But where I'm from, it's extremely common. Right. Most guys are coal miners Um, growing up. Like, you know, it's funny because the town I live in now, which is about two hours from where I grew up, there's another family here that I grew up with. That literally okay. I graduated. You know, uh, his name's Bobby. His son comes and trains at the gym, and his uh, other son Drew. And I grew up with their dad, but I also grew up with his dad. His dad worked in the coal mines with my dad. So when I see him around town, we worked with some of the same guys. Like I remember them. They were on similar shifts together, and so mm-hmm. I still have it. And then my that yeah. comes through, like it's still represented. And that's what a lot of my tattoos have coal mining references. Like it's such a big part of my entire life, even yeah. though me actually being a coal miner was only in like a six month block. Right. But the lessons I learned, the amount of hours I put in, in my single focus, work as many hours, save as much money to get a chance to do what i want to do with my life which is what you're watching today which is be yeah. a fitness entrepreneur and and things and it's ended up being a bunch of different things but it's right. still in that vein and i was able to get a why a single focus uh that really the the ability was the job i knew i had to do that because i was stacking lumber for 10 hours a day and i was only making like nine bucks an hour and i wouldn't even get it done coal yep. mining was 14 and then overtime was 21 and i was working 80 to my my biggest pay in a week was 93 hours and so like i actually had a paycheck that said 93 hours not two weeks, eight weeks. <laughs> a and week that was my biggest one but most of them were about 80. so i'm getting 40 hours of overtime i'm i saved 20 some grand it, it just was a really important experience for me to understand what did my what did generations of my family do their really their entire life? Mm-hmm. I had only had to do for a short period, but I'm so glad that it paid it played a part um, yeah. in who I am because it it was hard, man. But it was twenty, it was twenty, you know, over twenty years ago. So it's yeah, it's, it's wild that it's still uh, such a big part of what I think about often. What was the so? How old were you when that was when that was going on? So it'd be like 19, like right, basically I was okay like one year out of high school because yep. I worked in the lumber mill initially. I went to community college from eight to 12, and then I stacked lumber one to 10. And I did that for a while. And then whenever I was like, okay, I'm ready to move away, which would be quote unquote my sophomore year, which I only went to school one year. So Mm -hmm. I never really had all that, but (laughs) that'd have been my second year out of high school. Um, That's that, that summer is the one I put all the work in. I worked in the mine two different times, but it was a combined about six months between the two.
1: And the reason, and the reason I asked about age was because around that time was, you know, you're, you're much more into lifting at this point too. you like, you already have this sort of vision for getting out and starting something. Like you mentioned, you don't even really know what possibility there is in that world. But I also know that now you are tight with guys like Arnold, like, I mean, the, the G of all G's when it comes to training. Right. So were you already like seeing what he was doing and following along with him and like sure. His his big thing is painting a super clear vision. Right. Like he he talks about when he was like fifteen, he had like this crystal clear vision of him winning Mr. Universe and then Mr. Olympia and stuff. And then he went and did all that. Yeah. So was Arnold, that part of like how you Yeah, was that part of at that time too? Like you saw what how he approached things and you're like, I need to get a vision on how to get out of here.
0: Yeah. So you gotta remember like when I'm in that, there's no internet at that time. (laughs) So like I couldn't just Google and watch videos on YouTube of of personal trainers. Like I didn't know a personal trainer. I had heard the program. I came to Columbus to be in, it was the first year of it. So it was like a one year, it was like a one year version of a, of a personal training certification is the best way to explain it. And like, to me, I was like, all right, I need more than a weekend seminar. I yep. should go to school at least for a year. It was reasonably priced because community college; I could pay for it myself. But I had go, grown up reading all the Arnold stuff of being dedicated, and you know him where he came from. And I think that when I got to meet him um, and got to relay like my authentic story to him, that's why he vibed with it because he knew yeah. I could put a ton of work in to get there. And so, like, yeah, he he's a massively impactful on the entire industry. Right. But to, to say that I'm a person that I was able to learn from him personally and still am to some degree. Like I see him a couple times a year. It's like to say that that's given me confidence in a lot of things is an understatement because if sure. Arnold fucking believes in you, bro, <laughs> yeah. like, like once. <laughs> so when I'm going into that meeting to originally try to pitch that, I thought to myself, if I don't come out of here with this man being my business partner, I'm never going to forgive myself. Like this, I don't get this shot again. And once I do what I know I can do, my belief in myself with utilizing Arnold's, you know, skills and all the videos and like what I knew was possible, which Mm -hmm. happened, it would, uh, I would stand by him in some way the rest of my life, which I have because you can't take me not next to him for that period of my career and yep. things that I learned and the way that I've operated a lot are, are based around how things I learned from Arnold for sure.
1: Well, and you mentioned like you're not going to get that shot again, but no. also nobody is going to get that. I mean, because at the time, like he there he'd never done anything tied himself to like a supplement you know, company at all. Yeah, except for like the old days with weeder,
0: You know what yeah. I mean? So and like he said that in the meeting. He said, "Yeah, until Joe had just passed away." He said, "I told Joe that I wouldn't work with another company, you know, basically till." Yeah he was done, done. I mean, yeah. So yeah, there, there's not another, I mean, he had done a project right after ours. That was a little different, but like mm. we gave it a hell of a run. Uh, the content was dead on. It had a lot yeah. to do with, you know, I'm like, for lack of a better way, probably like a 1970s bodybuilding, like historian in my own way. Yeah. Because I had no other access to any other content. Yeah. That's all I consumed. Even powerlifting I got into later as I got older then yep. that's when the West Side stuff kind of came around. But it's like the original stuff is the only stuff I had access to. Franco Colombo's pamphlet series, the Arnold Encyclopedia, and the Education of a Bodybuilder, which is really kind of like a motivational like book too. Right. And so yep. that's really what I had access to. That's it, in magazines. It's,
1: it makes me think too, like uh, in the, in Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers – he talks about like how circumstances and certain times in history, like people born around these times and locations where they are. He, he mentions like all the guys in Seattle and the tech boom, like, yep. you know, all those guys were all born in the 50s. They all lived in the Seattle area. Like there was kind of fostering this environment for them to be successful anyways. And I think about like where you are in like the Columbus area of Ohio, where West Side's there, like the Arnold Expo Classic. is there like the Arnold classics there. I mean, there's like kind of this hotbed of fitness stuff. That's like real rogue. rogue is there. I mean, it's kind of like this crazy area of the country where it kind of just the identity of it is health and strength. Right.
0: It was, uh, and you know, what's funny as, uh, Ross, I think you'll laugh. I didn't come here because of any of that. <laughs> yeah. oh. So yeah. I did not know any of those things when I moved. Yeah. So I came here because my friends were going to Ohio state. <laughs> yeah that's literally the thought so like, I was like, I all right, that sounds of, good i gotta get good. out of this town i'm not going <laughs> yeah. to ohio state but columbus state which is a community college had the one year yeah. i didn't come here because well rogue wasn't even started yet but right. i didn't come here because of west side even though i had seen west side at a meet but yeah. i didn't know what i was watching i didn't come here because the arnold classic i didn't even know what the arnold classic was yeah. like so, you know, I wish I was that smart, but the strategy was, <laughs> it was by, you know, cause originally a lot of my friends, including Dustin, and I owned the gym with, they mm-hmm. were at university of Cincinnati. They transferred oh, okay. the next year to Ohio state. And that's how I ended up in Columbus. Then I started realizing, I think it was about half a year later. I was like, wait, I can, I actually ended up selling programs at the Arnold classic. And that's then crazy, I started dude. There was a couple big MPC guys here too, Mike Francois, and Mike Davies, which were like huge in that world. And then you had, once I understood like the West side thing years later, mm-hmm. then I started realizing like, wait a second, I'm positioned in a really good spot that every year in March, everybody in the industry's here. I could walk mm-hmm. up to every magazine. I could walk up to every supplement owner. And it was definitely an advantage for me. No, no question on, on accident.
1: And again, it's just being in that area, but then also capitalizing on that, you know, like, because I'm sure there was all kinds of Guys that were personal trainers around that time that weren't like just out in front of the door handing out programs to people and they would just show up as guests or, you know, we we'll just want to go partake. But you're actually out there hustling, trying to build something. And that's the stuff that when you're really early on and you're just and you, you know, you're young and you have the time and there isn't like the responsibility a lot of times of wife and kids and stuff. That's what you have to do to build oh, yeah. up all that equity for later on. So, I mean, it's kind of just cool that in that hotbed, you're able to even capitalize on that as well.
0: Yeah. Just building relationships constantly, man. Like that, that was my thing. Like I was the annoying dude that just wouldn't go away. I mean, that's been pretty pretty much my entire career. I've never been like some clear, unbelievable outlying stud. Like I just am a grinder. I, I feel like I get extraordinary things out of an unextraordinary type of situation and mm-hmm. I've made it what it is, but by, with people, a lot of people help and belief. And that's why I don't really yeah. ever use the word self-made cause that doesn't really, it doesn't really work. You need so much help mm-hmm. along the way. And I got that from Arnold cause he, a lot of people would ha- try to deem himself made and he's like, man, a million people had to help me get here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that's why when he sees somebody got something different to him, he usually, you know, highlights that and would do things that I'd be like, "Arnold, really thinking about like having me come do this? Like, I believe <laughs> he's even thinking about me today? Like, he feels right. so. Once you're in his like stratosphere and in his circle, man, he's unbelievable. So I'll be forever indebted to not just the things that he's taught me, but his belief, even Ooh. if it was for one second. Like, and this is one of the tattoos I'm going to get at some point. Um, but one time he introduced me at i was at venice gold's like working out with him or whatever and there was this guy from belgium there that he knew and he he introduced me as somebody he knows what he say he goes Corey's a friend of mine that knows how to work hard and i trust Mm. that's how he introduced me doesn't get much better than that and and the guy that he was with looked at him like damn I a, said like, a
1: fucking, I'm sold.
0: I, I wrote it down because I never wanted to forget it. I might've chopped it up. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's literally what he said in the gym. And the guy was like, Oh shit, well, I better meet this guy. That's so, awesome. you know, when I heard that I was like, man, if I've impressed upon my idol to this level, I mm-hmm. just need to keep doing what I'm doing. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. And he even told me like, after kind of, you know, we both had departed from the company we were working with, like, hey, not everything works out or finishes the way you want it to. It's all how what you do next. Yeah. Well, how you stand up. Are you a one-trick yep. pony? Is this what you just did one time? Or are you a guy that's going to be around? Is this, you know, it's all how you respond. And I, I took that to heart and thought, all right, I'm just going to lick my wounds and we're going to restart this thing, you know, and do it do right. it even more authentic and even a little yep. different. And and that's what I've been building since uh, 2015.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, man. And and you also had another cool experience being in that same area where another Titan in that, in this world, Louie is right around the corner too. And you got to train and work with him and, and build a relationship with him as well. And so you kind of have this really cool mix of like this bodybuilding and this powerlifting thing uh, where you guys and the guys that you train with in your gym, the 4am crew, like can be strong as, bulls. Uh, but you're not just a bunch of big fat powerlifters. Nah, You know what I mean? Like, you look guys like are athletes, all,
0: I think you, you know know look I mean? like athletes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: And so you, you've really kind of done the, like the Bruce Lee thing and, and picked from what, what works from kind of all of these different worlds. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, you know, I wanted to know if you have any cool, like what, what were some of those things about Louie specifically that drew you to him and, and some of those lessons that you got from him during your time there,
0: man, uh, rest in peace. I'll tell you what, yeah. Louis is, <laughs> they broke the mold, bro. With him and Arnold, both, right? Yeah. I'm. I think I'm the only person on the planet that has learned from both of them individually, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. that I can actually say that I spent, you know, a few years with each of them. And what's wild, and I always, I always say this before I talk West Side. I was never a full West Side member. I yeah. was a guy that was competing in powerlifting that was serious that they would let come there and learn and train. and so mm-hmm. I never because I you know I never wanted to be mixed up in history that I was acting like something I wasn't. I was not near as good as those guys. I probably mm-hmm. had no business being there except <laughs> I told Louie I wanted to get better and that's what he cared about. And yeah. if I showed that for a long enough period of time and asked the right questions and would be there and take the you know the beating that you get when you first go, they're like, I think that that's what he respected. And when I squatted 700 um, the first time in 2010, which is wild, because I just did it again last year, 694. That's awesome. (laughs) I did it at 242, I think, the first time, because I weighed like 222 or something. And then I just did it uh, 694 and a half at 181 as a master. And so it's like one of those things where he knew I wasn't going to be like his guys. Also, I don't take drugs. But he knew I was trying to be an outlier for me. And, and, it would, and so Louie, a couple things, man, he respected that he respected that I was um, pushing, you know, the business and he was on the advisory board early, like the products. And he just told me, if you, if you're, he goes, if your products suck, I'll just tell you and I'm not going to work with you. <laughs> That's literally what he said to me. And I was like, all right, man, I just need a fair shot. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> right. and, but you know, one of the funny things was like the first time I came to West side, when he was there that I had went other times where he wasn't. And I had my briefs on and I was waiting. He's like, Skinny Corey, you want to fucking, you really want to squat here, don't you? I'm like, dude, I, I want to fucking get strong. I want to fucking learn. Like, I love competing. And he just, he respected that. And the fact yeah. that I just never went anywhere. Like, I've just always yeah. been competing. Now, he knew that's not only what I did. And I didn't have aspirations to be a 275 and do 2,500 total or whatever. Like, that's not me. But he realized that when I was in it, I was in it. I'm about it. And, you know, he was there, uh side spot in my 700-pound first squat. And the guy that hazed the fuck out of me, Gritter, that was like his guy that ran the night crew, he was the first one smiling. So, you know, I love the intensity. I love yeah. the unapologetic nature in what he did things, sometimes very extreme. That motherfucker really was a samurai, bro, and he did not yeah. give a fuck. He didn't have kids. He never went on vacation. I ran into his wife on a plane to Vegas one time. And I was like, where's Louie at? She's like, he don't go on vacation. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> he's like, he's never been on vacation. He's not leaving the gym. Like his, and when Rogan went there to interview yeah. him, he realized like Louis hadn't been out the gym since like the eighties or whatever, like, like, like 40 years. 40. years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He goes to meet <laughs> and he comes home. And yep. so I think with him and Arnold, I was able to get these unbelievable, have literally these unbelievable people That are once in a lifetime type guys in our industry to learn from. And that's why I believe I'm very different than most others because you know how authentic both of those motherfuckers are? How they just unapologetically did whatever the fuck they want and they went to the highest level athletically and as their content. Like, so you see that and you just take from it and you get confidence from it. You know, I had a deadlift session with Louis that I'll, I'll never forget. That was unbelievable. That was on his last kind of training phase, where and I still remember this day. He went like eight oh five squat, four something bench, six seventy five deadlift at like sixty three years old in his <laughs> fifth decade of fucking competing. And I'm just like, and you know, I'm how, me and my, my other and Jason were helping him get his briefs off after fuck like he's bleeding all over. I mean, it's like <laughs> the shit, like. You know, and just that intensity of like I'm getting ready to yeah. take the weight, and a guy looks at me and it's like, You're a fucking West Side motherfucker. Like, step the fuck up. Like that mentality, bro, from where I grow mm-hmm. up, how I how I was raised, the weight room shit I saw at home, the mining shit, like no one's gonna fucking you know give you nothing like you got to fucking take it and so you got to yeah. take it from work and i think that that re- that shit resonated with me i think it's why i like powerlifting so much i like that the lights are on you and it's you versus you and you have a team yeah. aspect like you said but yeah man louis stuff uh resonated with me big time and that's what i've created my own version yeah. of of that essentially and so i'm always yeah. going to show love the west side they it was very impactful on me and i would well, say I'll, I'll, follow, I'll follow up with this yeah I really looked up to Arnold a hundred percent, right? But I never really wanted to be a movie star. Or, yeah. you know, I didn't I, I never thought I was gonna be Arnold. Honestly, right. when I saw what Louie had going on, it made me want to be like him more, right? I wanna test things. I wanna I wanna be an athlete myself. I wanna give back to the strength community. I wanna do things different. Yeah. And so I really he he just really like an idol of mine from a content standpoint, uh, a mastery standpoint, a practical application standpoint, and then just doing it your own way. Like, so I took a lot from him. Yeah.
1: What was one of the really cool things that I, you know, just from several people that I know that have been around that year, I do a a weekly podcast also with a good buddy, my Brandon Lilly, who was there for a couple of years and stuff. And he tells some pretty good stories about his time when he was there. But one of the things that I've always heard about Louis from other people was even though like West Side seemed like this. Sort of secluded, secretive thing. He was one of the most like generous people yeah. with his knowledge, like ever. I think I, I think it was probably maybe Zach Evanesh had told me one time. He's like, I called him, asked him a question, and we ended up just talking on the phone for like ninety minutes. Like he yeah. answers the phone at the gym, you know, and it's him that answers. And he's like just generous with all of the stuff that he's working on, and answered any question I had as long as it was a good, as long as it was a good question, you know. And and yeah, that's he fair. could see that I was actually trying to get something, you know, whether it was maybe a a small percentage of performance increase or just trying to increase knowledge. Like he was always incredibly generous with his time, which is, I always thought was a really cool thing about it.
0: He was constantly giving me stuff, bands and, Oh, you know, this bar. And like when you were about it and showed you were about it, he would spend the time. I've saw him at meets, talk to people that is their first time lifting. Larry Pacifico is the same way. I go to a meet. Yeah. Larry Pacifico is like an ultra legend. He was teaching Louis shit. I think he's older than Louie was like, and yeah. he's still alive doing the same stuff. It's like these guys just wanted to be better. And yeah. when other people want to get like, that's why my circle is like super small, bro. But when I get somebody that actually wants to get better, I go over and above, and I obviously do content to make whoever's listening um, right. better because the world's a little different now, but like, yeah, they he they both, him and Arnold both took their time teaching me because they knew that I was different, I think. You know what yeah. I mean? And so yep. good, bad, or indifferent. What, I just think also I was authentic. I think I just always voiced like, yo, this is what I'm trying to do. This is what I learned from you guys. Was it really like this? Like the questions I would ask either of them were so different and pinpointed probably at times yep. that uh I you know was curious about things but it's cuz I was so deep into it so yep. I think they grabbed that too the intensity at Westside um was something that you it commanded it as soon as you walk in you know exactly what the fuck you're walking in and 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 I wanted that for my gym like that's why mm-hmm. when I close it to the public when people come here like you have to put your best foot forward. One, yep. you'll be broken by the fucking band tension if you don't. And <laughs> two, like I don't even let anybody come train anymore. I'm probably more bullish on that now than I've ever been. And I try not yep. to be mean. I just tell people that's just not how we operate anymore. Louie got looser with that as he got older, which sure. I might potentially too because he was teaching so many people. But sure, yeah. I mean, we might have had five guests since I moved facilities two years ago. Maybe. It's just how it goes, man.
1: <laughs>
0: and I told the guys that are here, I'm not looking for other guys. I'm right. ride or die with you guys. I'm not, I don't really think I want six, four five crews. I got a crew and we're trying to go to the, the heights of our abilities. Plus some, the shit we're figuring out. And after that, bro, I'll, I'll be done probably like, that's it.
1: Yeah. Well, let's, I want to get into some actual training stuff with yeah. you too, and, and talk about lifting and training because, you know, we talked about, you know, all of these different things that help kind of mold what you've created in Ascension, created your own thing out of it. And one of the things that I've always loved is just the experimentation side yeah, so of like, just dude, let's try that for a month and see what happens if we do this or see yeah. what happens if we load these kind of bands on, or let's see what happens if I, if I lunge 800 meters every day for as long as I can or whatever, you know, yeah. like just stuff that people would like, what are you even talking about? You know? So yeah that experimentation part of it has always been really fun. That's how I approach a lot of stuff now too, partly because I see how you've done it for so yeah. long. So when you're going through a lot of this stuff, where were some of these things that you thought, why isn't somebody doing it like this? And how do I, maybe, maybe let's try this over here. What was like one of those first things that was, maybe some people would seem kind of crazy. Cause the two that come to mind was like squatting every day. Yeah. And then, and then the lunges, is there something, or those the two yeah. that you would
0: point to? I would say, um, that in the the call time early in the morning is another one yeah. because there's all these yep. oh, I'm gonna, i'll never be as strong at that time and all this dumb shit you don't remember <laughs> <know, whatever. laughs> but here i think that this is the thing that most people need to know about me you know you know there's guys that go their whole lifting career and never miss a weight
3: after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers if we've learned anything it's that there's always a catch so when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. I was hesitant about having to get a new phone and a new phone number, but with Mint, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone and your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or for a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com/waypoint. That is mintmobile.com/waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com/waypoint.
0: They lifted mm-hmm. the why. They're afraid to drop a barbell. I have never been that way. So now some to my demise, potentially, but I'm, but I'm also in business, right? I'm calculated. I've had a lot of things not work and I've had things really work. I'm not afraid for it to not work. I'm just not. And so, because if it, that's going to be teaching me the lesson. Right. And as much as I hate it when the shit's hard in business, that's when I learn the most. And, And so it's like one of those things where my approach as I'm a science project, um, all the way across the board, And I learned that a lot from Louie too, and and even Arnold too, because some of the things that he did was non-traditional back in the day with chest and back three times a week. And he even told me he liked to feel like he was almost a little overtrained. So then like a week before the bodybuilding shows, he would rest and you get even fuller. Like he had his Mm -hmm. own thing too, right? (laughs) Right. And so that he shared with me. And I think that it's one of those things where the squatting definitely came first out of the necessity. So the early call time was out of necessity too because I had to train early because I'm balancing being an athlete, being a parent, running multiple yep. businesses. It just needed to happen. Number two, I went to a meet with Westside and bombed out and looked like I never squatted before. When I was supposed to squat 781 then, okay. training cycle was set up. I had social media was going on. People were there, watch me. Louis side spotting me, calling me. I bomb out of the meat. I don't even make, I had a hard weight cut and I don't even make one squat. I opened at 650. I fucking miss them all. I drove home that day and thought, what is the craziest shit I could do to fix this? So that's when I Google search, what happens if I fucking squat every day? Literally Mm it's what I wrote, John (laughs) Bros. And I went and learned from John Bros too, which is another uh, great weightlifting coach. So I yep. go to Vegas. I learned from John. I start squatting like every day, like from, and I don't even front squat at this time. I had never yep. front squatted. So you figure I'm 35 or 36 years old going, what happens if I squat every day? Like to a <laughs> max. <Netflix>. Like <laughs> right. the Bulgarians did it. They ate a bunch of drugs too. But yep. you know, yep. I'm obviously drug free. So I was like, all right, how do I scale this? And programming is it, if you realize, if you think back why you know me, it's because of programming. Yep free workouts. Yep. Maybe I wasn't the best at programming, but I was the one putting them out and they were unique or they gave you a good, yeah. time, whatever. Right. Yep. So the reason why I'm in this chair ultimately mm-hmm. is because I like workouts and yeah. I like programming. <laughs> yep. So when it came to the squat every day stuff, I was like, well, all right, I'll look at Olympic lifting programming from the old days. If I mix that with some of the conjugate stuff I learned at Westside, if I take some of the pump work, I learned from Arnold, what happens if I mix all this shit up and could i just become a stronger you know better human whatever so i squat for 30 days start learning mobility front squat and then i start realizing well wait if i did olympic lifting this would carry over this is working on my power lifting all my deadlift numbers are going up oh shit! i just cleaned 300 i hadn't mm-hmm. cleaned in years uh so i go jump in with the local box i can do all the prescribed weights um Oh my overhead stuff is feeling good Now too because I did a few stuff With the jerk blocks and like it was like mm-hmm. Weird that how adaptable Like the squatting every day if I'm just Moving better and I'm stronger in the Pocket in the hole I can Then put my chucks on for my Oli shoes and that's conjugate yep. I could go flat soles for a week I could go And then I was like well, why am I only doing This is where everything changed Why am I only doing the bands for dynamic day Box mm. one west side with my Briefs on yeah, why am I not going against these on max effort four or five days a week? Why why am I not applying a uh, really like a Russian slash West Side principle of conjugate to a Bulgarian system, which is a, a max every day till your face falls off, and then why am why am I not waving these bands like Louis does on his <sighs> dynamic? Like, and then the Circa Max, it just all made a bunch of sense to me. Yeah, and on top of it, we're powerlifters that front squat four days a week. Yeah, right. Which just it's seems not, kind of unheard of. <laughs> it is legitly unheard of. And then <laughs> yeah. on top of it, wait, that transfers over better to athletes. Oh, and yeah. then all my guys' deadlifts are going up because their position's better. Like, yep. I don't know these things if I'm not testing them. Yep. And oh, wait, I'm dunking a volleyball easy again, and I can take an alley oop, <laughs> and I'm fucking forty. Like, yep. well, what the hell is going on? And I was not like a D one like level caliber athlete, not even yep. close. I got recruited to play nowhere. So Mm it's like, all of these things are happening and I didn't figure this shit out till I was like in my late thirties, bro. I'll be 45 this year. So it's like, you know, I'm testing, I'm doing all these things. And then I start seeing all these different people that are asking me about it from all these different worlds. So when bodybuilding.com asked me to do the actual like squat everyday trainer on bodybuilding.com, I was like, sign me the fuck up because I knew exactly what was gonna happen. That you could watch that and be like, all right, this dude ain't no world champ, but he's also in the trenches doing this. He's getting better yeah. and I end up making a 540 raw squat at 81, 550 at 98, which are still my best to date. I might've made some bigger ones in the gym, but I made those at meets. I pulled six hundred in the gym, but I pulled five seventy-five uh, at ninety-eight and five forty-five yep. at eighty-one. And then in my you know powerlifting equipment, I was squatting seven hundred at basically every weight class. So yep. it it got me everything I wanted, including more exposure. But if I don't go through it and miss weights, there would be times I would squat and miss a weight in the morning. I'd go in the evening and I'd fucking make it. Yeah. Self wrapping, figuring out like there is some discovery for multiple years that just happened and the program just started to make a lot of sense to me not to very many other people <laughs> right. but
3: right. then I,
0: I could rival too ross because i'm saying like y'all i'm not taking drugs but yeah. my work capacity is crazy because then i started adding the lunges after so then that's where you know instead of me running i'd go to these uh, cover shoots and I'd be weak as fuck. And that was important for me not to be weak. Like, so I'm like, what happens if I lunge 400 meters or 800 and and that would then contribute to my connective tissue strength for my Mm -hmm. squats? Like it all was based around that. And that's how I came up with this program. Now that major league baseball players are using and NFL guys do, and lots of different athletes. And I don't know, it's interesting where it's evolved to, and even, I don't even use the same bands in the same way. Like Most people don't have fucking monoliths, bro. Right. That's why I double up the miniband. So I came up with my own system on waving one, two, three, four, five, whatever minibands aside, like anybody can do it at a CrossFit gym or in their garage. So I think I'm more relatable because I don't look like the West side dudes for lack of You know, there's some of them dudes that like, they're just like 300 pounds, bald, like. You know, I think I look like a normal dude as much as I've <laughs> yeah. not to my whole life. <laughs> right, I think I do still, obviously maybe sometimes with my shirt off, I don't, but the, uh, I think that that's part of it. And I think the way that I've grabbed it and changed some things, it's more relatable to everybody. And I've proved that it's worked time and time again, but now it's mm-hmm. starting to really kick up some dust. Like with athletes, people are really, there's a lot of strength coaches that come through asking a lot of questions, which is. What well, Louie had going on. So, you know, yeah. that's that's my whole path, I think, next. Well,
1: and it's cool because I remember the first time the first run through squatting every day I did. Yep. was probably a little bit before the bodybuilding.com one uh, came out. And then I did – because I remember you just posting about it a lot. Yeah. So it was before that you had done like the actual I didn't know program. what I was doing then. <laughs> and I was like – and I didn't know either. I'm like, I'm just going to start doing it too because he's doing it. It looks fun. So I'm just yeah. going to try. So It was I
0: think fun. I, that, that's it thing, was super fun. It was fun because yeah. I knew I was doing something every day that most people skipped.
1: Yes. Yep. Exactly. And so yeah. I did it, I think, for like maybe – Maybe anywhere from like five, five to six months at one time I did that first oh, yeah. run through. And, uh, so, and so you talk about uh, all of these other things that become improved by just simply doing this. And the one that I always noticed right off the bat, which kind of at the time, because that was right when I started coaching, really kind of messed with my head was how much better my mobility got oh,
2: just goodness. because
1: loading the tissue and sitting in the bottom of the squat especially when we were adding in pauses yep. you know anywhere from like two to the freaking ten. eight second yeah. ten second pauses in the bottom yeah. in a front squat like if you do that a couple times a week like your right. ankle mobility and your hip mobility just goes through the roof yeah. and so doing that and i'm realizing man i there's no reason i ever need to do like these lame little like I'm going to tennis ball under my calf or whatever. Like, dude, let's just go squat heavy. Cause we're going to get a lot out of it too. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, and then not too long after that. And I actually just had him on the show last week, but I went through a 12 week block of Travis Mash's Yeah. Travis uh, Mace. he's it, killer. He's awesome. I, I did his, for his squat every day, weightlifting,
0: yeah. like maybe just a couple months after I'd finished Which that first cycle through, around, So I like, added in all of the stuff. It was based around the stuff that he had tried of mine, and and that was also crazy because Travis has got illustrious powerlifting background, all the letters beside his name, but always shows me love as a programmer because he understands how good it is. Like, I'm always going to champion my own shit. I know it's good, right? right? But sometimes I have a hard time explaining the science of why it's so good. But Travis can, and that's what he does really
1: well. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he does really well. So I mean, the the strength gains in that amount of time is is insane, and that's what I think. A lot of people that are maybe nervous about, like, well, I'm just going to be broken all the time. I'm like, well, no. First of all, it'll probably be pretty tough for the first week, just as yeah. you bo- your body starts to adapt, but. Like all you got to do is push through that first week to 10 days and then like, yeah, you're going to be sore because you're freaking lifting heavier weights every day you do it. But that's kind of where you, that's where you see that progress. And then the other thing was I, even to this day, especially, and it's like, it's funny now, I'm like, I'm going to be 31 in a couple of months. And so I I don't want to make it sound like I hit 30 and now all of a sudden things like start hurting, but I know (laughs) (laughs) that's that's what I'm saying. I'm talking to you about this. So I can't say it at 30, but like, I notice even more, I'll say, I notice even more now when I have periods of time where I go without lunging. Yeah. Like the, the, the way that things just feel weaker, when I go longer periods of time in between, even if I'm not doing every day, like most, most weeks I can do anywhere from three to four days of anywhere from 400 to 800 meters. Sure. And like, I feel pretty dialed in, in a lot of things, especially like in my low back and my knees. Yep. And, uh, that's one of those things. Like if I, if I miss a couple of weeks or if I go through a cycle where I don't really do it enough, like I feel it. Yep. And it, and it's just a weakness and like it's like, man, it's crazy how much that made a difference when I started implementing that. and just like you you always say the the connective tissue in in my low back, like my low back never feels better than when I make lunging a regular part of what I do for my own programming. and and I do a lot of like backcountry hunting and stuff in the fall I'm That's out in cool. Idaho. And so do all this kind of stuff where I'm climbing, where we're climbing mountains and we're doing like all these, you know, long six to eight mile pushes during a day, climb mountains and stuff. And a lot of these guys, and, and you'll probably find this interesting, but not at all surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of these guys that teach and coach a lot of fitness for the backcountry stuff, they do a lot of stuff like weighted step ups or yeah. they'll have you do I you know, stair a climbers. He's a beast. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And so they'll do these things that simulate what hiking a mountain would be yeah. like. But I'll tell you right now, I've never done anything that translated more to climbing a mountain than doing walk and lunges. Uh, like I just think the way that you're just gang of stuff, bro. I never knew yeah, that. <laughs> it's it's crazy. I mean, I, I remember because the last time that I had kind of gone away from it, and then I'm like, look, I have an elk hunt in September, right? That I'm gonna be five days just with nothing, and I gotta freaking grind on my legs for yeah. eight to ten hours a day in like the six weeks leading up to that, I was like, I just have to start lunging again. Like I just need to start doing it again. That's basically the only extra thing I'm adding back into my training. And I and feel like it can run up those mountains, man. Like it's nuts.
0: It's different because there's something, and here's another good example, right? I don't know why it feels that way other than your <laughs> right. capacity, your lactic acid threshold. Like it trains all yeah. of it and your heart rate, yeah. stays in an area where you burn fat and your metabolic rates through the fucking roof. That mm-hmm. is one thing I'm going to take credit for in my career. Yeah. I just don't think – I think there's other people that have done it but never applied it as, like, daily conditioning. I just yeah. think it's – yeah, has there been people lunge a mile before me or a half mile or a quarter mile? Of course. But did yep. they do it for a whole year? Did they do <laughs> it instead of walking day. on the treadmill? Yeah, you know what I mean? So I think, yeah. like, my actual programmed application and then – what I saw for even normal people, like, it was a faster way to build their metabolism, bro. For some reason, like, the weight loss, the way they were able to keep it off, like, and I like doing, like, sprint work and stuff, but it was really hard for me to keep up, and I've actually kind of just recently got into it a little bit again, like, I'm messing around with, like, some, like, more because I got to, my youngest is really good at football, so I need to, like, kind of brush up on some of those drills. So it got me out kind of doing some karaoke's and some shuttles and shit, but it's good for multi-directional stuff. But the reality is, is that the application of even to a runner, it's a similar pattern. If you get strong and you go run, Mm -hmm. it's going to feel easier because you're just overall more physically prepared. So, you know, I just took Louis sled stuff and said, what's my version of this? I took John Bros's squat everyday stuff, which is the Bulgarian thing he learned from, you know, his mentors, what's my version of this? I took the dynamic method with the bands and said, well, what's my version of that? And I took Arnold's stuff and I said, what's my version? Like, I literally am the mix of some really, really smart people and bro, to be able to say I've learned individually. And then from a diet standpoint, learning from Dr. Eric Serrano and Dr. Mario Pasquale is the same craziness to that level because, you know, Polquin uh, kind of came from that tree of people too. Pasquale yep. is, a, is a, a lesser known person, but to Louie and Arnold, he's similar in the diet with the high fat stuff. So, you know, man, I've been, and I used to email back and forth with him on a regular basis. Like it, I'm just really blessed that uh, people recognize my craziness and I was able to, you know, uh, receive some help from some really um, amazing, great people.
1: Well, and that's, I think, part of the reason that that I connected so early on, because I think I'm a little bit that way too, you know? And I'm sure like, that's what you get when you yeah. hear a lot of these things from guys like everybody that that believes that these programming things are like, what do you mean lunge 800 meters like People for 30 trip straight days? So like, <laughs> like, what do you mean? Your yeah. legs are going to fall off and you're yeah. like, actually, maybe, but let's see if they do. Like, there's no, like, I have that little, well... We'll see, I guess. You know, like I'm going to go try it and we'll you're see what happens. You're not afraid
0: for it not to work. Maybe, yeah. May, willing, maybe I blow up. <laughs> yeah. You're willing to give it a try. And so I always yeah. say, well, you know, I had coaches ask me about it specifically because I got a lot of baseball shit going on right now. I said, yeah. Well, what happens if 12 days it takes them to adapt? They're out of season. So it's not a big deal. But yep. now my kid can lunge 400 meters like you walk down the street. That's his norm. Yep. And that's what yep. I tried to tell people like, Your norm is you run a mile in this amount of time. Great. Okay, because you worked up. Our norm is that you can lunge 400 meters in 12 minutes and not be sore. Yep. You know, and and I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just saying that that's like our baseline. So if that's our baseline, we just like, you know, I have a GPP warm-up for my baseball kids. It's like three minutes of lunges, three minutes of box squats, three minutes of farmer's carries, three minutes of sled drags, like – a hundred hamstring curls with a five pound weight. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. there's these things. I'm just building up work capacity. Any one of those things would make an athlete that doesn't do it sore for probably a week. You know, it just, yeah, exactly. the way it is. But so I've just learned that, Hey, I'm if I, especially as I got older, cause I started a lot of this stuff when I was older, even though yeah. my base volume from Arnold was really high and I didn't realize like all the intricacies when I was young of like why they were able to recover from all that, obviously. But it's right, like, right. but I still followed a high volume stuff and I know the way I felt and my results yeah. were there. So I'm like, look, if I wanna have like long lasting continue to compete, I have to have a next level work capacity. I got no labrum in this hip and I got no super in this shoulder and I'm still fucking competing. It's all mm-hmm. based around work capacity stuff, man. 100%.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing that, uh, the, cause I mentioned, you know, this, this hunting pursuit that I've, I've gotten into in the last probably decade. Cause I, I mean, I grew up in Idaho, so it was all around, yeah. but I didn't really get into it till about 10 years ago. Um, but that part of it and, and the endurance part of it is always super appealing to me mm-hmm. because I'm fascinated kind of by just humans capability of endurance. Yep. You know, it just, is always kind of crazy to me. And so I wanted that, but I didn't want to, Necessarily, like have to run ten to fifteen miles to get it. You know what I mean? Like, and I and I ran track in college. I was a sprinter, but I'm like, I am. I've ran more in that time than most people will ever do in their entire life. Like, I don't necessarily want to do that unless I have to. And like, I'll still do jogs and stuff. But I wanted to find a way to get that sort of endurance that would translate well without having to without having to do the campaigns run a marathon
0: every yeah. day, which you is, know what I mean He's unbelievable like I wasn't aware he's a mutant like <laughs> I'm a huge fan. I listened to the book yeah. I've never I think I've shot a bow and arrow once in my life like <laughs> yeah. but I, but i'm but I'll tell you what i've I've went back and forth with Cameron a few times um since we both follow each other now and like um yeah. So how could you not be impressed? The guy's work's unbelievable. He's a blue collar mm-hmm. dude. Like I, I just real, I really like him, and I've, I vibe with him. And I have a few goals I'm working on. I send them to Cam Haynes. I didn't send him to Nice. I was like, Do you nice. don't really know me? But I know you're a serious <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Here we go. What I'm about to do, <laughs> I just want to know. I'm sending it to you. I'm putting it out there. You need to see it. <laughs> there you go. You know what I mean? I love it, it. So that that was, I just did that a few weeks ago. It's kind of funny. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Well, I want to ask you, like some
1: of the stuff that you're doing right now, because we've talked about all of these different things that you've kind of created and worked on and experimented with mm-hmm. from, from right now kind of looking forward, what are, are, are there things that you're working on that you're kind of excited about that maybe are a little different right now in that experimental range? Yeah. Yeah, for
0: sure. So, What I'm really trying to hone in on now is, and and this is all, it's so funny. Like if I look back at my athletic career, basketball is what I stuck with. So I've studied a lot of stuff around jumping and challenged myself on that. And then my son is a pretty good pitcher. So by default, okay. I end up around baseball a lot, which is probably the sport I was the best at, but I didn't stay with. Right. But I have an affection gotcha. for baseball. I I collected baseball cards. I'm a, I'm a nostalgic baseball guy like Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle. Mm-hmm. That's part of my DNA for some reason. Right. I have a picture mm-hmm. of Roger or uh, Roberta Clemente on my wall. You see Griffey Jr., Griffey Sr. right yep. here behind me. So this is a big part of like my, you know, baseball was big in my era too. So anyway, my son picks up baseball, and so by default, I start, yeah, all right, as he's 14. Like, what, what's gonna cross over to him throwing harder on the mound? Like, you know, this and that. And so then I add a couple kids, which then takes the dad uh, trainer dynamic out of it, which, you know, I thought, well, he knows I know what I'm doing, it's how we pay our bills, but it doesn't matter. Right. But right. you add a couple <laughs> kids, and then I start to see, once again, the thing I was addicted to early, which is helping people and see them be successful. But I start seeing some crazy transfer of what we do. Not surprised because I know how to make a physically stronger, more explosive athlete, but I'm not yep. making a power lifter. I'm making a baseball player, right? Or, you know, helping a baseball player.
3: Yep. So
0: then I start drawing and I don't have like a personal training situation. I haven't trained clients in the gym since I started MP You're talking like 2008, bro. Like I don't have yeah. kids in the gym, but I got my kid and a couple other kids and I had a couple other kids. And so I have this group of outside of the 4am crew, which I'm, is my training partners, but we're trying stuff. I got yep. this group of seven or eight kids that are serious that show up. And I told them, Hey, like you can't show up in week one of the bandwave and then fall off for a week and come back. Like you're going to get hurt. Like you have to be here to, to get the benefit of dealing with me. Um, yep. and so anyway, then I started getting some college guys, some pro guys getting onto it. And now what's happening is their results are so crazy. And they're telling me like, I learned how to, i throw 95, but now I'm throwing 95 longer because I can brace better. Cause the bands taught me how to brace better.
2: Oh and yeah.
0: I'm lunging and my, I, I could tell that my arms aren't getting as tired because I build up a work capacity. Like, yeah, and, and so now what my challenge has been is evolving the get stack plan, which is a bodybuilding powerlifting plan. For sure. Yep. But that athletes have always liked, mostly football and baseball. And some golf too, actually. Because here's my other point. There is very specific things for certain sports. No question. But you know what I'm really specific at? Making motherfuckers stronger, a little bit crazier under the bar, and Mm -hmm. more explosive and believe in themselves. And I do that really well. And if I do that, and you already know how to hit a baseball and I don't make you worse, you're going to be better. And so that was my take early. Now I'm adapting some small things and we're going into season. I've had this group of kids now for three years. I have a high school group of three kids that all of them front squat 315, all of them back squat 405. They all clean 225 or, you know, around like – there's like staples. Like they all jumped on 20-inch box with 50 pounds in each hand. Easy for five reps <laughs> of the other day. And, and these three guys aren't playing college baseball. Now I have Insane. I have two other kids that just came into the system a year ago. One just signed with Ohio State as a sophomore. And the other ones are our, our catcher here in Granville, Ezra, that's probably going to sign with what a, what a D1 school. Like they are going to go play on. So they're yep. taking – I'm seeing analytics from their combines. And they're saying, gee – my bat velo is up seven mile an hour, but my sixty times down. You know, point five. Like, like yeah. they're getting bigger, faster, and stronger, and they're giving me real baseball velocity. Now, my son went th- from throwing seventy to eighty one. You know what I mean? Like, I saw it happen as he got stronger, yeah. and then he went and did a powerlifting meet. He squatted four hundred two at one forty eight. Like, yep. I mean, he just front squatted three fifteen after the end of the band wave, like before he going in the season, and so. What I'm seeing and now what I'm doing is I'm really starting to reach out Like I got the AAA strength coach for the Pirates has helped me. Um yes. uh, I got the strength coach from uh, Florida State Football is kind of in our area now helping us like I can ask him questions. I'm gonna go to Vandy Baseball and learn there. Like, um now I got uh, the old uh, hitting coach from Ohio State from last year came through and spent like an hour here. I had two pro guys, one guy that's with the Yankees. One guy that was with the Cardinals last year that did the program. One guy's front squatted 375 this offseason. The other one front squats 330. Like, I, I already know that yeah. it works. I just need to massage it a little bit, get it out, um, change yeah. some things. But that's what I'm probably the most excited about because when you come to me, I'm not going to make you a better baseball player because I yeah. don't know how to teach you that. But yeah. I can teach you all these other things. And what the hitting coach told me, Matt Angle, he said, we're really good at building power between lower abs and hips and glutes and hamstrings. Like that's all West side. That's, that's yep. posterior chain. And with the front squat, with the bands, it transfers even more, bro. And the lunges yeah. on top of it. So I think my next demo is probably going to be baseball. That's cool. Hopefully the highest level. And, but I need to get somebody like, it's very abstract to them right now. Right. Um. And so I'm going to be the outlier baseball guy next. And That's cool. I've got some uh, the Beverly Hills Housewife uh, Kyle Richards has been doing <laughs> my workouts too. So I've got this wide variety of people. That's that awesome. Be right now, it's pretty amazing.
1: Well, and it, and you and you talk about the where you said I don't help them become better baseball players, right? As wow. it, especially as it relates to the the young kids where they're still just growing and developing yeah. so much, anyways. But what what you're doing is directly translating to baseball stuff. Yes. It's not just translating to strength stuff, no. which I think is like the biggest thing, especially when they're in that teenage years when they're just starting to grow and develop and build this stuff. Is I mean it there's really no going back now past where this AAU model has kind of taken yeah. over so much of youth sports, whether it's basketball or baseball or all, of all this hyper special hyper specialization, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because sort of that approach is like i need to be so specific i need to have all the ba- all the pitching coaches the t- the dial in technique and the dude's 15 i'm like man you just need to get stronger. Yes. Like you'll throw harder. You just Move get stronger. Better. Move exactly, better. exactly. And so it doesn't have to be like this massively complicated dial in super technique because they're still going to probably, the kid will probably grow five inches between now and the time he's done. And it'll be totally different throwing motion
0: by then. People but try to trip me he, up on that stuff, Ross. They try to be like, oh, well, that's <laughs> not baseball system. So like this is human specific. Like, exactly. You're going to exactly. be a stronger human. And if you're in my environment, actually my environment, you're going to mm-hmm. be more fucking – you're going to have a little bit more edge to you too because that's what I command. So yep. there's a couple factors of me in person for sure yep. that yep. you can't really like dictate. So I I just think the guys that got all the letters by their names, they're, they're, ups, they, they, they're nervous about me because I'm doing shit that they might not be willing to do because I don't care about failing at it. They might. Yep. And I'm going to beat a guy like that every day. And so then when mm-hmm. I come as confident as I am, they want to battle me on some shit. And sometimes they're right. And sometimes they aren't, but I ain't really paying attention to them. I'm just doing what I know works and I'm mm-hmm. going to push it. And it's going to get adapted to some point because they're, it's, they're not going to be able to, they're only going to be able to, you know, ignore it for so long.
1: Yeah until you get five or six guys that are like the incredibly high level guys, like, well, what the, what the bleep got- are these guys doing? You know what
0: I mean? Dude, one of the the guys that used to do my squad every day program was Bryce Harper, bro. I used to program Bryce Harper when he was younger. Then with dude. the MP Gatorade <laughs> stuff, like it was like, Hey man, I got this big deal. I can't be tweeting you and shit. I'm like, Oh dude, I get it. You know? And like, obviously he's probably adapted and changed from then, but he was tweeting me. yo, this squad every day shit is crazy. Thanks for sending me to program. Like, it it is evolved so much from then now it's Mm -hmm. really i think programmed better for an athlete even more so but my kids uh front squat twice a week one for dynamic which is also unique like no one did dynamic front squats it was always back squat it was always a box very west side and then um we front squat against bands for max effort once a week and then we back squat um max effort once a week so we we squat three days a week so nothing Not as crazy as the back in the day, but still enough that, you know, it's made. When your baseline high school kid is a 315-pound front squat and a 400-pound back squat. Come on, bro. Game over. And they all look different. (laughs) I got one kid that weighs 150, one kid that weighs 190, one kid that weighs 200. Like, they're all built different. It's it's just what it is, man. And and all the analytics and also on deadlift. Like, I mean – Every one of my guys, they pull 365, 405, like the bar's empty. It's like, I don't need them to be 600. They probably don't even really need to be over 500, but they're all 400 every day of the week and not on some fucking hex bar that's got the handles halfway to their fucking hips. An actual (laughs) deadlift bar.
1: (laughs) Which is- which is crazy. I and mean, I didn't know that you used to, to do stuff for Bryce. That's dope. I watched him. So he and I are the same age. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, that year that he graduated high school early so. and, and left high school and then went and played in that one season of college ball. You I know. played for that Juco just so he could be eligible so for the draft, sure. right? Yeah. He came up and played the Juco in the next to the town where I'm from in Southern Idaho. So I, I went and watched him that year crazy. when he was 17 or something like that. And he went like... 10 for 12 with six home runs in like two games run. over the weekend. <laughs> like, he's just, it's just he's, insane.
0: He's different. So how that all happened was completely random. His first baseball tonight interview with Harold Reynolds. Mm-hmm. I think it was he was still in the minors. He had just got drafted. But I mean, he didn't last okay. long, obviously. Yeah. He just shows up with an MP beanie on. And no one that's awesome. No one sent it to him. He was a fan of the brand as a kid and reached out to me. That's how I met Bryce. Yep. And I saw him. Right before he signed with the Phillies, he was a guest picker in Columbus on game day, and yep. I ran into him. That's the first time I had seen him since then. And bro, once he realized it was me, he was like <laughs> right back. He grabbed my fucking arm. He was like, "Oh, you still looking good, <laughs> G?" And I was, and I just like basically just told him uh, like, "Man, congrats, you're about to get paid, kid. Like, I'm so happy for you." And that was before he signed time. To, signed to deal with the Phillies, but good yep. hard-working kid that's similar to lebron yeah. has lived up to an expectation that most people could never even dream of so i'm a huge yeah. Bryce harper fan his debut was in was uh in pittsburgh my entire family went from tickets that he sent like bryce's cool. yeah real good dude man That's cool. Well,
1: man, we are, uh, we're rolling right up on an hour. So I'll, I'll start to close things down, but thank you so much, man, for making time. I had a blast talking to you today. And like I said, I've been following you for
0: over a freaking decade now, man. So I'm glad we had the chance to to break it down today. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that, man. I think also Ross, like honestly having perspective on that, you know, the impact to some degree that I had on you these years just reminds me that I have to always just keep doing what I think I need to be doing, continue mm-hmm. to be authentic. Don't try to change anything because something in the industry, like I'm just doing what I want to <laughs> do. And you know what? It's not for, I always say it's like not for everybody or not for anybody or whatever, but it's mm-hmm. for everybody. Like it's just, yeah. I'm not, for, I know I'm not everyone's cup of tea because of that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But, there is a lot of value in the, in the practitionership that I've, you know, done all these years and and I've, I've helped yeah. a lot of people. So I enjoy it. I appreciate the the kind words and thanks for having me on dude.
1: No problem, man. And before we head out, do you want to plug the plug the website with everything on it and where, and where everybody can follow along if they're unaware?
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. You can go to max dot com for all the supplements. Actually I'm wearing the Morgan Wade collab right here. We got the oh, nice. country music star Morgan Wade is a is a fan she's been doing the pro she's been doing this similar she was doing the programs way before anyone you know knew and reached That's out cool. so we've been working with morgan and jake owen which is another country music mm-hmm. star but anyway so everything's at maxevermuscle.com my actual programming is on the Cory G Fitness app. So C-O-R-Y-G Fitness. I had Corey G Fitness before everybody had fit, fitness in there to handle. I just want <laughs> yeah. to say that. That once I came off being Muscle Farm Prez, I was just finding, yep. trying to find something that was across all platforms. Yep. If I had to realize everybody, your damn brother would have done it, I might not have. <laughs> but right. by design, you could find me anywhere, Corey G Fitness. Everywhere. Yeah, you got That's it. That's awesome. Thank you, Ross. Awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate your time.